0: DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. So, Bo Hayes, yeah. we're, we're in here, and okay, so this is the uh, very first episode in the new studio, and this is at your venue, so yeah. thank you so much. No, I, I, I
1: only, <laughs> probably.
0: I only could, basically, I wanted you on because this is your, I mean, this is your place, and you're going to be my first guest here, and so for all those that are listening and watching, we've stepped it up a little bit in production, so... Give me a little bit to get used to these nice little nicks we have going on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, it's going to be more and more stuff yep. up here yep. uh, over time. You know, it's we're right now we're kind of focused on getting that stage going in the back. And, but I, we want to beef this up and let this be kind of a creative space that, uh, I, i'm just interested to see who all you're gonna to talk to
0: oh dude i'm, I'm excited too because we're able to bring people in now and have a destination you know before it was kind of kind of like i was stuck off in the corner under a bridge and you know dirty yeah. little alleyway yeah. <laughs> yeah well anyways dude so look we've known each other for a couple of years now there's so much i don't know about you um, okay so i want to take it all the way back before before the food trucks for everything let's 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 do it okay all right let's, go. let's uh, tell me about
1: like bo as a kid oh man uh so i'm i'm the the non kunass of our our little bunch of owners man i was born in Little Rock. okay uh only child i uh and i was big uh i was kind of a nerd like i uh had school it was all about school and baseball man that's all i did um study, 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 and then uh, we kind of traveled the country playing AU ball. And, oh, so
0: you were an athlete. I didn't know that. Mine yeah. Was
1: uh, I, I, I was always flat-footed, so yeah. I, I wasn't very fast, but yeah. uh, man, I love playing ball. Uh, played all the way through high school. Tried to play a little bit in college. Uh, and I don't know. I kind of bounced around there, too. I, um, I briefly chased that into playing ball at uh, the University of Texas. I tried to walk on there, and I was more interested in going to Red McCombs Business School, which was uh, a big deal. My life seemed to be on this, like, great path. And, uh, I don't know, I fell in love with a girl and chased her to uh, Stephen F. Austin, and none of that worked out. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay, okay. Yeah, man, I just... uh, Man, I, where did life go after that? I think I. Uh, it's about that time I decided I was going to be a partier. Yeah. And uh, what age was this? Man, at nineteen twenty, okay. and I got into drinking and doing all that stuff. My life went I, the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It was about nine years later. I met my I met my wife Haley, uh, working at Chili's. You know. I i kind of dropped out of college and started waiting tables uh, i've always had an interest or been interested in doing something in the restaurant field and so i did that for years um i met haley at uh at chili's in shreveport and man, fell in love with her and the two of us uh I had a kid, got married, and that's that's when my life kind of started going a different direction. Yeah, so I got back on track, I think. Okay. Uh,
0: well, what? So what is you said when you got off track? So you were focused. You were going to the business school. You were focused. What were you focusing on doing? Like at that early stage? Of life? And I'm
1: gonna tell you, when I was eight years old, I uh, I told my parents like, "Hey, I'm I want to own a restaurant one day." Um, my dad had done some things in Little Rock where. Um, man he had he was kind of the sweat equity partner in like four different bars uh and all four all four places that he kind of worked at man it, it kind of got done wrong in business mm-hmm. and just got him up got him started and then didn't understand the business side and uh, it ended up kind of falling apart on him and i just i remember that as a kid and it like i don't know, maybe it upset me and i uh i I was like dude i want to do this one day and i want to i want to do a little different than that and i don't know as you know my dad took a whole different path and ended up becoming a a critical care nurse he did that for 25 years um and you know uh, just seeing him go through all that it was one of those things I've, i've always wanted to do that since i was a kid um it's, it's why I wanted to go into business school and gotcha. I wanted to go focus on marketing and do all that stuff. And man, I just got sidetracked. I got, I got, I got sidetracked in uh, in college and started focusing on all the wrong, wrong things—girls and partying. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, if, man. It it, it it took my wife to kind of straighten me out. Okay. So it's, uh,
0: well, so all that happens, and then here's where everything starts getting interesting you're married you have kids huh. uh, or you have one kid and then so how do you meet how does the food truck stuff happen alright so tell me how this happens how first off how do you meet Peanut who, who's okay. your partner in, in your existing business and how, how does this all happen
1: man? so back in back in 2005 maybe it was, it was right after Katrina um, I had I kind of I dropped out of school Stephen F. Austin and I came back came back here and my plan was hey, I'm going to get on my feet a little bit I'm going to Take a job, waiting tables. Um, I got hired on at Texas Roadhouse about the same time that Peanut got hired at Texas Roadhouse. And the two of us kind of became the assistant managers. Okay. So I was... And I was the assistant front of house manager. He was the assistant back of house manager. Which by assistant, it just means you did all the work and then you didn't get paid anything yeah. to do it. And somebody else made a salary to do that. We get, we made our little $12 an hour. Um, and I would say that's when conversations about doing something on our own started happening. It was, uh, it was hey man, like we've, we know how to do liquor inventory. We know how to do uh, check trucks in, like, Peanut was going to culinary school, and we had become really good friends, man. And it was just bar conversation yeah. for a long time. Um, and then, man, I'm, with having a kid and being and getting married and all that, man, I needed benefits, so I got all the way out of the restaurant business. Um, I had moved to West Texas to be in oil field. It was, what i had to do for benefits and i drove trucks for a living yeah. i uh i spent about four or five years hauling crude oil um but we moved out to san angelo and somewhere in all that my my parents had gotten a divorce and my dad had been mine and peanuts drinking buddy <laughs> and somehow peanut Became roommates with my dad, you know, just kind of make the bills meet. It was just good timing for them. They they became roommates. And one day, Peanut calls me and says, hey, your dad has had a heart attack. Um, I need you to get up here. Damn. Uh, and so, dude, I, I drove eight and a half hours as fast as I could to get up here. Um, and by the time I got here, my dad, he, he was fine. You know, we stopped in talked to him in the hospital, visiting hours were over. So back then, me and Peanut went uh, went straight to the bar after that. We went to the round bar. And uh, I was telling him about this idea that I had to to do something in West Texas to feed the oil field. Yeah, uh, And Peanut had, at that time, he had been running Rotolos uh, as a general manager. I think he had gotten laid off. I said look, man we can come out here we can start something we either, we either start like a food truck or there's, I mean, there's this place a huge market
0: for it out there too man there's yeah. nothing to eat and there's nowhere to go
1: so so we were we were just kind of kicking around the idea and at some point I got a little too drunk and uh got a little uh, kind of forgot the rest of the conversation and yeah. uh, the, <laughs> so the uh so the next morning man we drive or I drive all the way home and I just remember man I'm pulling in the driveway and um peanut calls me right as I'm getting home and he's like hey man I uh I got it I was like you got what and he's like man I, I bought the food truck I was like <laughs> what food truck and he's like man you said you were gonna go halves on this thing with me and uh, I don't know I had to go inside and kind of tell my wife look I, I kind of promised that I'm gonna get in this with my buddy and she wasn't very happy about it but uh in all that my dad got involved so uh, we didn't really have a lot of cash. Um, I mean, everybody was broke.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my dad kind of put the last bit of his pension up. Um, I think we took what we had out of our savings, and whatever money Peanut had, and I think all together the three of us had $7,000. And So we took, uh, took $7,000, and Peanut bought a 1959 Coke trailer. Uh, man, as <laughs> ugliest trailer you could think of. Man, it had yellow rims. Um, man, up top it said refreshments and hot dogs. I was like, okay, like man, y'all, like y'all, y'all get it fixed up, and we'll, Peanut wanted to get it going, work some kinks out, and he was going to come to West Texas. Somewhere in all that time frame, um, I was still on the road. And uh, man, we came up on. Uh, I had two really bad accidents that I was kind of the first responder to. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, so I had kind of gotten shaken up and didn't really want to drive anymore. It was how I made my living for my family. Um, we had some other stuff going on. I think my wife was a little homesick. And man, we had kind of hit our knees and prayed about, look, how are we gonna, how are we gonna okay. provide for for our kids if man i can't do this for a living we made the decision to first transfer back um and i I transferred to haynesville and we were like man we can just do the oil field stuff here well i didn't get along with my boss very well when they transferred me here and i kind of told him to get bent yeah uh, (laughs) just quit i quit on a whim uh i was making the most money i'd ever made um and I was so proud when I did, because the dude was like, well, what are you going to do for a living? I was like, man, I'm going to go work on a food truck with my with my best friend. And I still remember that dude kind of laughed at us. Um, I used that as fuel now. <laughs> but man, I had to go home, and I had to tell my wife, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I quit this job making all this money and making these benefits, and I'm going to go work with Peanut. <laughs> she looked at me like, what are you talking about? She was like, at the time, Peanut had just gotten everything put on the truck and he had it set up pretty regularly at the family dollar in, in Greenwood. And when I'm telling you, he's maybe selling like five to 10 po' boys a day. And he's staying out there for like eight hours I and mean, he's making, Dang. he's making no money. Yeah. Um, and I remember the day I quit, like he was set up in, in Farmerville at this little festival. What year was this around? Something 2015. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Um, and so, you know, Peanut is, if, if you if you know him, is probably the most likable yeah. person. Doesn't get mad about much. Um uh, I mean, I've been friends with him for since for a long time, since '05, and I've I think I've only seen him mad once, maybe twice, but that day he got really upset. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm. I met him in Farmerville, and I was like, "Look, dude, I quit my job." He was like, "What'd you do that for?" I was like, "Well, I'm coming to do this." He's like, "You don't even know how to cook!" Like, it's <laughs> like it's, I remember he they threw the spatula on the on the food truck floor and was, just walked off. I mean, there was a line in front of the food truck, and that's where I started cooking. I was like, I, "Well, I better better get in here and serve these people." Um, so that's. That's I mean that's how we started. That's that's how rough it was and um from the get go. And I just the motivation was, you know, my wife was like, Look, we can't sustain this. Like she's like, if we can't figure something out, we're probably gonna get a divorce. And I was like, Look, just give give me a peanuts six months. I said, I've always wanted to do this. Like, I just need a chance to, to try to chase it. And so she did. She was like, Look, I'm I'm you got six months. Let's see what it does. And that's where the conversation started with peanut. Like, Hey, how do we really turn this thing into a business? We've, we got to make money. This can't really be just about having fun. Um, and this is how good a friend he is. He's like, well, let's, let's do it. Let's like, he kind of, we kind of all, it was almost like we were all married. It was like, we were just taking care of each other. And, um, I don't know, we, we, we kind of committed to, look, we're going to run the food truck 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's never going home. We'll just restock it. So Peanut brought his brother on. Uh, we, we hired one employee, uh, and me and the one employee would work the night shift, and man, we'd set up anywhere. Uh, and Peanut and his brother, they'd work the day shift. And so it's 12-hour days, and there's just some crossover where we trade out product and go to the next stop. So we're setting up like five times a day on the food truck just okay. just to try to make a little bit. Yeah, we didn't make much. <laughs> it's, uh,
0: well, I mean, this also was the, around the first time that food trucks started being like prevalent in this area. Yeah, they've been around in other areas and actually worked, but this concept here was that was new. And, and you know, because we're always late to the game in this area.
1: I, man, I think there were there were we were, we might have been the third food truck in the area. I yeah. remember there being like Lucky's Po' Boys. Uh, I remember Jesters uh had a had a food truck running um and i think the the difference was i mean they were they were good food trucks i just man it, like they all had like a side thing going on right. like it was like a side project the for them time, yeah. yeah dude i like i had to survive so it was like dude mm-hmm. we got to do this all the time and man we were just we were going everywhere when we were in everybody's face with food truck and we didn't realize it at the time, but I think we were building a brand.
0: Well, at that uh, time, what were you cooking? Because this is going to come back into this here yeah. in a little while. So man, what, you'll
1: find what, almost all of it okay, on the so menu everything now everything. Like,
0: did y'all just start with like two products, or did y'all kind of just start it with all what you have now? Man, I
1: think we started with, man, we had five po' Bo Boys. We had gumbo, red beans, etouffee, and we had a, uh, and we had a bread pudding for dessert. Okay, gotcha. I think that was the original menu. Right. Uh, just simple food man it like it was uh, we couldn't do much on the truck cuz it it was small there wasn't a lot of equipment back then there weren't any rules on what you have to do to right. set right how you a food have to prep up. it and all that Yes, yeah, yeah. so, I mean we had a flat top grill and it was how many how many po boys can you put across a flat top grill yeah. we had one little warmer over here um and I don't know man that was when it started it was still kind of a a party that was back when I still drank I mean, we had one refrigerator in there that was nothing but beer, yeah. and the other one, the other one, and that was just for us. And then the uh, the other refrigerator was nothing but product, right? Uh, and it was just go as fast as you can go and learn on the fly. I mean, it, it helped having been in the restaurant business, knowing knowing what f- food costs really meant and how you control it. Um, but I'm telling you, when we first started, man, like. The the key I think to us being able to just keep it afloat was because we were doing something every day. We weren't throwing anything away. Because man, there were so many setups where it was just a it was a bust.
0: Yeah, and you had extra. You the yeah, the you have extra product. You're like, and you well, shit throw it like, throw it away. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. And uh, I think that's where a lot of people lose money. And you'll see some food trucks start up and. I think they just try to do kind of the weekend warrior thing, and it's it's really, really hard to do that I mean, if you can't sell groceries Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, you got to throw in the trash yeah. and I, I mean, if you start a food truck you don't have any money yeah uh, like um, so yeah I mean that's I don't know I guess that's how we got here it's
0: and so well, I mean there's still so much between that, so you're at that time you're setting up y'all y'all running twenty four seven um and peanuts run the day shift you run the night shift um when does it start getting too closer to the brick or mortar? Not to where you're at oh, here, man, but that's,
1: that. Uh, so I guess that's a wild story, too. Yeah. Like, man, there were three years there where we, we didn't pay ourselves a dime. Man, we we ate off the food truck. My peanuts slept on my dad's recliner. Um, I mean, the little house we moved into, dude, it's $450 a month. I mean, so you can that imagine what you, you know, get. Yeah. 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 so. So we're doing that for three years, and I just I remember kind of our turning point. And we talk about this a lot. It's we call it our Coinstar Day. It's so we knew nothing about business when we started. When I tell you, it was all just on the fly. We um, we didn't really know anything about paying sales tax. Like we thought we were paying it. We thought we were paying what we needed to pay. We didn't have a CPA. We didn't have any of that stuff. And we get a phone call on a Thursday and they say, Look, like we think you owe us twenty your estimated tax is twenty seven thousand dollars. Shit dude, for a year. I, I don't know how long yeah, it had been since was... we hadn't paid it. We were just running. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um so we're like, Well dang dude, that's that's everything. And we're still short like a thousand bucks. We don't have everything to pay it. So we paid everything that we could pay. Um and we pretty much were like, Look, that's it. Like it's we're not making any money. We're done. We quit. The plan was go get another job on Monday. Uh, like back and, in the
0: restaurant business or?
1: Uh, man, I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. Doing Whatever. anything. Yeah. Like it's, so Peanut had already gone to my dad's house, got back on the recliner. I think he was already drinking beer. And uh, Man, I was driving down 20 and I was headed to my house and I was just thinking like, dude, I got to go here and tell my wife. Like this last three years has been for absolutely nothing. And we're starting over again, Uh, and I chickened out, and I called Peanut, and I said, "Look, dude, like what do we got to (laughs) do?" I said, "We still, we still got two hundred dollars worth of groceries on the truck." I said, "Man, can you can you get all the change from your house?" I said, "I'll get all the change from my house." And my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm over here flipping couch cushions and round everything. We get together, and I I remember we went to uh, there's the Kroger. Uh, there's now Planet Fitness here. Okay, in, here yeah, in yeah, yeah. Uh, We went in there. We went to Coinstar and dumped all our change in there. And it printed out the little ticket, man. It was 33 bucks. That's it. That's all we had. Uh, didn't have any money to make change. And uh, we said, look, let's go over to 820 Jordan. It was specialty hospital. And there was a um, it was a Chase Bank right behind us. And then you had the Brookshires on Kings. It was like, hey, we'll... Uh, we'll go over here and we'll try to start selling. Every time we'd sell something, Peanut's brother would either drive to the bank and make us change, or he'd go to the Brookshire's Kings and buy like three or whatever we had just sold. Dude, he was back and forth, just all all lunch long. And by the end of lunch, man, we had we had restocked the food truck. Man, I think we had like a $75 bank. Yeah. And uh, I called Bob at Great Raft. And I was like, dude, hey, we don't have a setup tonight. Like, can we come over there and, and serve food over there? He's like, yeah, my food truck canceled tonight. So we go over there and set up. And uh, and we had never made, like, more than 300 bucks over there. We made $3,800 that night. God. And we, uh, so we paid our taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and we just never went and got another job. And, uh, man, it was like two or three weeks later, Man, we got I think our first really big break, um, and we were basically given a cafeteria. It's a one year contract over at uh, CSRA. It's uh, it's GDIT now, but it's a beautiful building. Man, they got this awesome kitchen in there. I mean, it's like a million dollar kitchen. They got everything, um, and we kind of we had done a catering over there, and just got introduced to some people and they basically came back out and they said hey we're going to give you this million dollar kitchen we're going to go no bills it's uh man you're going to serve 1400 people a day uh monday through friday for lunch you can charge what you want to give us what your what your menu looks like And they proved it uh, for a year it was really good it was they, they they had a bunch of high paying jobs in there at the time yeah and so we we just Finally started stacking some money in the bank, and it was really good timing. Like it was right as the East Bank was first being developed, and we had we had met some people with the horseshoe that had wanted us to do something in this Bonamo building that's down here. It's right there on the corner. It wasn't even this building uh, that we're in now, um, and and we were trying to get investors going and get that going. All of it fell through. Like I mean, it was that was our. It, I look back at our business plan on that thing, yeah. and it looks like it was written in crayon. <laughs> just some of
0: the best ones always are, though.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean it was real, real rough. Yeah, and but somehow just Rick Avery was building uh, was building out the Bojacks building for somebody else. We almost went into business with him. Didn't feel like that partnership was going to work, and so we kind of just backed off the project. And we're like, look, all right, we're just going to do catering, run our little cafeteria, maybe we'll re up the contract. And, uh, Rick Avery gave us a call later and was like, Hey, I'm like, are y'all still interested if y'all were able to do this building? And so we started, we said, yeah. And we started renting it for him and uh, from him. And he did the build out and we did kind of the kitchen build out. He took a big leap of faith on us. And I don't know. And I guess that'd be June of 2018. We, we opened BoJack's, and then we backed off the cafeteria contract, and just, man, it's, since then, it has been a absolute blur. Like Yeah, yeah just nonstop.
0: Yeah. It, nonstop grind. I mean, everything you've done down here, and for those who are listening or watching who may not know, um, we're in Bossier City, Louisiana. We're in the um, East Bank District downtown, which is all being renovated, the old downtown yeah. Bossier Cities where we're at, which is right next to everything on the river and all that. Um, there's a few things we didn't talk about okay so we didn't talk about the bar setup restaurant at Lakeshore right
1: oh yeah we didn't yeah. talk about that yeah. we
0: gotta talk about that and we didn't talk about the, the transition to sobriety either so I wanna talk mm. about those things alright so where does the where does the where does all that line up
1: uh, oh so so when we when we were running the food truck we needed a commissary yeah uh, actually this is like we used to park the food truck in the in the driveway at my dad's house, okay. and so he's a block from like the public boat launch uh, over by Ford Park. Somebody complained; they were like, "Hey, um, man, we don't want to look at this food truck." I mean, it was ugly. Yeah. Like, like, we don't want to look at this food truck every day, uh, and so we there was a little donut shop. Just down the way, and it was in that little shopping center over there. That at the time it had Big O's, and there was like a little Auto's gas station. The donut shop wasn't doing very well, and we had asked the landlord Judy Bruce. We were like, "Hey, can uh, can we park our food truck in the back? You've got some parking that doesn't get used back here, and there's a pole, and we'll just we'll put um we'll put a plug in right there. We'll we'll pay fifty bucks a month, and so that, so we started parking it over there." And then we started seeing that the donut shop just didn't have much traffic, and we heard they were kind of struggling. And we were like, "Hey, can we take this over, man? We need a place to prep food. We need we need some cooler space." So we moved in over there, and we weren't going to open any type of storefront. It was just we needed a kitchen. Yeah, um, and it was small, 900 square feet, man. And um, I guess the somewhere in that, like you know. We would we would go down to Bayou Daiquiri, which was in the same shopping center. Yeah, after we would get done in
0: this area, they know exactly where that is. If yeah, you're not in this area. It's just basically a local dive bar. <laughs> yeah, it was a dive bar. Like, yeah, it, but, it says Bayou Daiquiri, but it's really it's just a dive bar. Yeah, and
1: so we would we would come rolling in off the food truck at night, and then it was like, okay, well, let's go down here and grab a couple beers. And eventually, it flipped the other way. They're like, hey, y'all still got the kitchen open down there? Like we're hungry. There's nothing to eat. so they would come in and man it had like a storefront from where it was the donut shop and we would uh, people would come down there and at one point a couple weeks into once we started cooking stuff for people man we had like 30 people standing in there nowhere to sit like there's no coke machine nothing and they're just they got their little drunk sway going (laughs) and they uh, they got their little box in their hand they eat and they go back to the bar and uh, so we just started adding tables in there and then it kind of just we had a coke machine and then peanut's brother started running the little counter that we had there and it kind of became like a little neighborhood just small sandwich shop um i miss that place a bunch man yeah. it's uh the like we would have people walk in off the lake and they'd have like a they'd just walk in everyone would walk in the back door they would walk in through the kitchen
0: <laughs> like and they do they'd that come down out here front too. <laughs>
1: They may or may not have, like, just thumps of beer in the cooler. Yeah. Like, but they would walk in with, like, a bucket of, like, catfish that they had just caught. And they'd be like, hey, like, can we cook this? Or, yeah, we'd cut it up and cook for them. Like, I mean, no rules, man. Right. We just, we're just winging it. Um, so all that happened uh, somewhere in there before the cafeteria. Um, I don't know. Well, I walked in there, but maybe... 2 or 3 months ago, and it just started like bawling, crying. Yeah. Like it, we had a lot of fun in there. Like my kids like did their homework in the in the corner, like I just I will always be like this with that place. Uh, I saw the new owners of it and talked to them for a long long time. Uh so yeah, I like that's a, that's a special place for us just where we got started. Yeah. Um now the sobriety thing Man, I, You start running a business like I used to. I used to drink and have a little fun doing it, and I think you start throwing. And now I've got a family. Like now I got a business we're trying to make it on. Like the pressure of all that started adding up, and something had to give. Yeah, because
0: then it makes you want to drink more, and then it makes it hard to run a business. Dude, it
1: was terrible for my family, and mine and mine and Haley's relationship was not good. It was in a really bad place, and. I don't man. We almost got divorced over it, and uh, I don't know. Like I, I kind of made her promise. I was like, "Look, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to quit drinking." Um, now, how much and, were you drinking? That's oh, a lot. Like, I mean, like, a, a lot. Like I'm being a lot. like a case of beer a day. A Case a day. Case of day. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, what was I'm, your beer? uh whatever the cheap beer was (laughs) anything anything, because i
0: remember uh before we met i remember seeing you guys drinking past blue ribbon up at grub (laughs) yeah (laughs) back in the day it was like dollar beers or whatever
1: yeah man i just like in college like you know most people go to college and they they let loose and they have fun at college and then they grow up and like it just took me a little longer to grow up i think and but quitting drinking was best thing it's ever happened to me personally, and in my marriage, and uh, you know, I struggled when we were going to open Bojacks. It was it was one of those things. Like, man, I had just quit drinking, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, now we're going to open two bars. Well, I like I don't get to make all those decisions myself. I mean, it's number one. I knew that hey, you made money here, and then my business partners want to do it too. Like. Uh, man, those those first couple months as we're planning all this out, like, man, I had a really good conversation with Justin Hagler from Simple Church. And it was like, man, where do where do I fall in this? Like, how, and is, is this going to be a problem for me? And and it hasn't at all, which is crazy to because me. Because
0: that's always my question in my head. Like, how are you around drunk people? Like, people are having a good time drinking, you know, in a bar setting or whatever. How are you around that and not want to do it?
1: Man, we when I say we like me and my wife hit our absolute bottom. Like I mean it was, it was the lowest point in my entire life. And uh I think the thing that kind of when when Justin and I were talking is like, man, like you got an opportunity to be in in a space where you're in the mix, man. You're. I, I get to see people when they hit their bottom. Um, it's we get to be responsible mm-hmm. with it. Um, now, people are gonna go drink anywhere. Yeah, like, yeah, But, but I. I don't know. Uh, like I'll never like. You can't ever convince somebody to stop drinking. I know that because I was an alcoholic. Uh, but when people hit that point. Where do they turn and who do they go to? Like man, I, like we just kind of talk about that. Like I get to be that for somebody. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I don't know. That's been kind of a special thing in this. Uh, you wouldn't think it because man, we're running we're running bars, people are having a good time. But look, man, we try to close it down early. We don't want all like we 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 work really hard to make it a very safe environment for people. And and when there are people that are struggling with stuff like that, like then we're doing everything we can to direct them to some places where they need to go yeah at the end of the day man we just want to come in here we want to be good to people yeah and um, I don't know I'm not going to make decisions for people but I want to be here when people need it I'll Kind of. It's, does that make sense yeah, yeah
0: no I mean it does it's just interesting perspective because we've never talked about it and I always thought like I drink I don't drink I mean I drink maybe once or twice a week typically mm-hmm. um, I'm not a beer guy I like tequila Um mm-hmm. But I, there was a point in my life, whenever, um, kind of like you said, and it's been over the past two or three years that I realized that I I want to up my game, up my game with this podcast, up my game with my business, do it, up my game in life, yeah. and focus on things. And okay, you're in your early 30s now. What do you, you start putting money in the bank, doing all these things? Yeah. And I realized that, man, I'm spending money going out, doing you know doing this stuff, and you know just not. Not really. It sounds good during the day, yeah. but then once five or six at night hits, it shuts off. You yeah, i to tell you. There's, just, there's
1: there's there's those people, and and I think this is who we want to cater to. Like be. Beer and alcohol is not an issue for them. Man, they, no. they they can go out, they, they can drink one or two. Yeah. I was not that guy. Me either. Once like, I
0: start, I want to keep, like, I, I'm not a one-drink guy, yeah. you know? Like, I want to have a drink. Well, shit, one drink's not going to get me, get a little buzz, you know? Yeah. I want to have two or three, and the next thing you know, especially if you're in the zone, you're with your buddies, yeah. then it's an all-nighter, and then you can't, like, you start doing that, and, and another thing is, like, the people around you start changing, you know? Yeah. Like, you notice that, like... I quit doing that and all those people started, I'm not around those people anymore, I'm around people that are, you know, like, we're yep. sitting here having conversations, yep. people like you and, and it's interesting how that all starts happening.
1: It's pretty weird, man. I like, I thought it was going to be very, very hard for me to be around it and I don't know, man, I, I can go sit at the bar and me and Peanut can have a business meeting at a bar yeah. and I it, I just completely lost the appetite for what it did for me in my life, like, and that, that's how it affected me. That's not how it affects everybody else. I just, for me, I was full throttle. Like, we're gonna we're gonna go drink twenty four beers. I don't care if they're hot. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, and, and man, like you can't. I can't be a leader in my in in my household that way. It's uh like I. Damn sure can't be a leader for 80 85 people on this block if I like I'm coming in hungover like I just I, I think I, I my new vice became like and all and what I got consumed with is man how big can we make this thing that just kind of took life by itself well, like it started
0: like, literally started as four people in a old Coke trailer and now you have
1: no, and it's and all and all that has grown. I mean, if yeah. I could tell you like where we are now, and if anybody doesn't know what we're doing down here, so Bojax is just a small piece of the of what we're doing in the East Bank. That that was the one that we got started with. Yeah, but then you know, Doug Doug has as Doug Rogers has Bayou X, man, and that was the next big jump in business. I think for both of us, like we kind of it was the first time we developed a, like um, a dinner with an experience atmosphere and, and, and it became a really good marriage. If if you don't know that story, the, so we opened six months later, I think Bayou opened and then the building next to Bayou kind of became available. and, and, Man, we had just become such good friends, just in the back alley back here, that it was like, look, man, none of us are far enough along in business that we can go over there and buy that property. But it would be really cool to do something together. And man, we just piecemealed that together. We took PLs and everybody collateralized different things. We had an awesome banker, and uh, Don Tubbs had talked to us. You know, he was one of the owners of the building at the time, and. It all kind of made sense and came together. And that's how we opened Frozen P-Row. Yeah. And it, it, I think that that's where the spirit of our little thing here got started. It was just became a man, businesses working with other businesses. Is the way to go. Like this the the competitive way that every other restaurant does it and it's like and my restaurant's gonna be better than your restaurant. My re-, Yeah, like, right.
0: And everyone's like, no one wants to work together. That's that's like that in any industry. Everyone like, sees someone as a threat instead of a, as an accomplice. That's
1: it. And, and 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 now there's this whole thing I would think block wide here that's yeah. come from that that is it's very much the rising tide mentality. Yeah. Man, if if we can get more people to come down here, everybody's gonna feast. I, I don't think I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody can come into Bojax and eat there seven days a week. That's, no. uh, I lived on Bojax for three <laughs> years, bro. Like eventually, you get tired of it. But, yeah. it's, uh, but but I would say, I'd say that's kind of become the mentality on the block here. Is man, we just be good to each other and help each other and be honest with each other. And I, I, it's weird, like we like I, t- I was talking a lot about my marriage like there's a different marriage that's here man I'm married to like six people <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's it's the other owners and uh their spouses like that's it, what I love about
0: what y'all do everyone's included like even even the other people who are in this business helping manage you it their, their spouses it's like y'all are all a big family and typically that doesn't work in business uh, but it's, for some reason y'all figured it out
1: it's it's communication yeah and it's the same thing in your marriage at home it's like if you can't communicate and you you can't just make the commitment that hey when it gets hard because I'm, I'm i'm gonna promise you we've we've got 90 90 different opinions across yeah, the block on how things should go and but and i think this is what this this year more than any what i'm the most proud of is like how how well everybody is kind of learning to talk to each other and hash things out between the businesses it's it's we've, we've learned to just say hey we're we're taking a general idea now everybody punch holes in it that's what works what doesn't work what works for you what doesn't work for us and you know it hasn't always been that way it, like we we were all new to i mean relationship wise with each other like We're just learning how to communicate now, and now it's becoming fun. Yeah,
0: because at some point you see, okay, even those who are involved that weren't from the beginning see that this is something that's not going anywhere, and so like this is at this point it's maybe I I hope not. uh, I mean, mean, at this point it's a legacy thing, right? You're building, you're building. You started as one restaurant, then a, a small event venue that's turned into a mini bar restaurant as well, and then another. Restaurant that's created a nightlife, and now you have an entire heartbeat, and then you create event venues it's, on top of that. Like, you know what I mean? I, man, we I haven't don't, even talked
1: about that either. Man, <laughs> we, I don't, I don't, I don't know how all this stuff happens. I've been a
0: fly on the wall for this whole event thing, like the venue that you've been doing, which has been it's just been amazing too. And I know that about kicks
1: your ass. <laughs> yeah, no, it's this. This might be the hardest part. Like, I mean, but I guess maybe i have been in the restaurant business. Our whole life, so we kind of understand or know everything that's going on. We 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 paid our dues in that field. Yeah. Well, um, during COVID, like I guess uh, we <coughs> we had talked to the city by utilizing outdoor space. Remember, everybody had to eat outside. That's
0: another thing we didn't talk about. We got to talk about that because what you guys did during COVID was phenomenal. Because everyone else panicked, but you <sighs> you you just. Basically adjusted and just moved like
1: it, forward. It may look smooth, but oh, of course I, I, I know it wasn't. It,
0: but you, you definitely
1: pivoted and made it work. So I, that was the scariest moment of my life. All right. So, I, I, and, and I and I think I could speak for everybody on yeah. on the block that, that I mean that's what it was. It was just fear, straight fear. It was. Um, I remember they they said, "Hey, we're going we're going to shut it all down." Uh, you can do curbside. Well, dude, we got all these employees and it is the first time in my life where I've ever been responsible as for everybody. And I want to say, I want to say it was, it was 80, 85 employees kind of across the block. And we handled this as a team too, man. It was the team from Bojax, the team from Bayou, the team from P-Row. We put them on, everybody went to the P-Row's patio and just all of us got up there and kind of talked to everybody. And we were like, look, we don't have a job for y'all to do anymore. And we don't just have the money sitting in the bank to take care of you. And, um, man, I just remember, like, everybody's bawling, crying. Like, it was uh, it was one of those moments where, like, man, we prayed over everybody. We were like, look, this, and just seeing everybody crying, it was like, look, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're we're going to take our ownership structure... All our spouses, all of our family, our management team. We're gonna keep paying we're gonna keep paying our managers because we have to have somebody come in and help us do this. But we're gonna work non stop. Yeah. Doing this curbside. We're we're gonna do all the videos, do all the social media. We are gonna cover our food cost and everything else we make, we're gonna give to our employees. Yeah. Um, that's where it started. And then we came in here, and so Brian, my GM, his wife, Brittany, who's our caterer manager at Chef's Table now, she she came up with this awesome idea. She said, like, hey, we can feed every every wing of every hospital. Yeah. Um, And then we were like, yeah, we could do like a Jerry Lewis-style telethon. And when we set up like a phone bank, and we had this little wheel you would spin, and Brittany wrote down every wing of every hospital and dropped it in the wheel. And we put this big dry erase board up. And uh, I've never talked so long in my life. Like, <laughs> me and me and Peanut talked for like four hours on Facebook Live, and and it was like, hey, we're going to take a two hundred and fifty dollar catering package. That's what we're going to send out of these hospitals, but we're going to take a hundred dollars off. Cause we're not trying to make any money. Yeah. I said all we want to do is we want to make our food cost and we want to put one employee back to work, uh, and then we're going to feed the front line. Um, so man, like we went for four hours, and over that four hours, I, I can't remember the number, it, like, but it was a lot of money. I was, remember when this was, was going it was, on; it was, it was high. We, we raised thousands of dollars, yeah. and uh, and we fed almost every wing of every hospital. Actually, we had to start feeding fire departments and police. Departments like just because there wasn't anybody else to have in the wheel, yep. like they emptied it, um, and so that got that got a lot of our staff kind of taken care of for about a month. And I think because we then had a staff, like and everybody else had to lay everybody off yeah. too. So the the National Guard came around and they they were like, "Hey, we need somebody to feed all the people that are doing the testing." We had the staff and. So they gave us this big giant contract to feed all the people that were doing the testing, and it said, "Okay, whatever happens during COVID, everybody's back to work. Everybody's gonna get paid." Um, we just kind of this theory, and it's worked for us so far. As if we make ourselves the last to eat, man, I, like we end up with like a really loyal staff. Yeah, they I mean, work hard. Yes. Uh, eventually, we make our money, but it like you got to put put the employees out front. Like we can't. We need help, we need help to be able to feed all these people. Like it's that, that's that's the whole point of hiring somebody. And if what, what's the point of me being up here and saying hey, like we're gonna make our money, but y'all can all y'all can all go home. Like yeah. I don't know. That's how COVID went.
0: Well, that's I mean. Well, first off, you gave people inspiration to you know you gave other business owners um, some type of format to go off of a little bit. You know what I mean? I'd like you know, and then also like. You didn't have to get rid of anyone, you know, and I mean, you may have had to, but I mean, as far as you kept people working, but what I, t- well, we have these conversations with people and people, and you watch all these self-help videos and all this shit with business, but what it boils down to is you have to put your employees first, mm-hmm. your clients second, and you last. And that—that's how I see it. Yeah, for it's me. close. Like, I, w-
1: we we flip it like this. I, so number one, nobody gets paid if we don't put the guests first. Of course,
0: of course. Right. And you, that's your yeah. hospitality, though. Yeah. You're, for me, like I'm not—I'm nothing without my employees. Yeah. You know, and it's like another thing. Your clientele is part of that. But for you, like for me, that's how I look at it. But yeah,
1: you—it's yeah. a close race between the employee and the and yeah. the client. I'm sure. It's it's a it's a, it's a crazy balance to keep, man. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, how how we and and i'll say our 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 whole ownership team like i mean none of us like went to business school like none none of of us have a lot of experience man it's like we're 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 winging it man it's
0: a racket anyways i mean i got my degree online i didn't know shit Uh about business i got a business degree i was in oil and gas for 10 years Mm -hmm. I i knew i knew one thing how to work with Customer service. Yes. Yeah. I knew that if I was the one that was getting the shit out there, they were going to keep using me. Yeah. And if I didn't, they were going to not use me anymore. Yeah. You know. And then so I just kind of transitioned that. And it's the same thing. I mean, it's like you. There's no. There's no class that teaches this shit. You have yeah. to get in the. You have to get in the weeds, and you have to fall down a lot and get your ass kicked too oh
1: man it's like, people talk to us all the time like like this is the new thing like we hear like oh must be nice oh
0: dude I, oh I, no yeah i can't stand that shit man oh dude like well, if if they only knew well like, yeah it must be nice but was it nice um when i was going to that corn star with 20 dollars was it you know was it nice when i was working um 14 hours standing in here feeding drunk people and I wanted to drink, I, like, you know, or I want to be home with my family, you know, or whatever. Man, know? it's
1: it's the, it's the 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 number of hours that I've lost with my kids, I think is yeah. the one thing I regret the most. Like and it's I'm I'm really happy that that time is kinda of coming back around where like you can they double can do that. down and
0: give them attention, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's cool. My kids are age where like, man, I'm able to hire my daughter to come up here and work. That's pretty neat. Hell yeah. As, uh, I get to see them more and more.
0: Well, and then you instill that in them early too where they're seeing all this going yeah. on, right? And it's something like you didn't get to, I didn't experience that type no. of you know, childhood. <laughs> I experienced, they were working all the time. I didn't get much yeah. time with them. And it wasn't for themselves, it was for someone else, mm-hmm. right? You know, so now it's like you're working for yourself and your family, and everyone down here and all the camaraderie and everything. It's just, what better way to raise someone up into that oh, per, Dude, if,
1: if I could even begin to explain how much business knowledge they've just... My so my daughter's 11 and my son is 8. I'm telling you, like, like I watch them, like, they have this thing, chore kids that they've been talking about doing in in the okay. neighborhood. And, like, I, I watched them put a business plan together. Just didn't touch anything. This is just stuff they've, like, soaked up. And, and I've, I've got my eight-year-old asking asking about taxes. Remember, we didn't know how to pay sales tax. <laughs> like, And 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 I'm explaining to them what a tax matters partner is. And, uh, like, they just soak it up, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. Kids are like that. Yeah. I wish I could learn that fast. Well,
0: I mean, but that's the thing. We weren't in the environment to get it to soak it. So you know they're getting yeah. it from you, right? But we weren't growing up in that environment yeah, that's to weird. where we had that, you know? Yeah. So it is interesting how that happens. What, uh... One of the scariest moments or probably one of the biggest disasters you've... What, give me a story that but, you've been through, like food truck-wise, this this oh, endeavor man. Uh, anything. anything. I'm saying, like, breakdown, down scary shit you thought everything was going to be over with or just, you know, freak so out. I got, I, got, I got two
1: stories. Okay. Let, okay. And I'll make them quick. Um, all right. So we used to go to the VA hospital in the mornings, and we would do breakfast tacos at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And so we had this little red truck that... Our, it was a lemon, mug. man. Our buddy sold us this piece of junk truck, <laughs> but I think we paid two grand for it. It was a red truck that hauled our red, red food truck. Um, so I'm driving like seventy five miles an hour down twenty, like three thirty in the morning, and we'll pull into the VA hospital, and I'm just about to get there, and you got to make one turn, and make a turn, and the front wheel falls off the truck, the steer tire, the same one that I was doing seventy five on <laughs> twenty with, just falls off the truck. And so we're stuck in the middle of the road. Like, there's no moving. There's like, and so the the truck is like this. Um, we had no money, and it was like, hey, just open it up in the middle middle of the road. And so we put the flaps up, we start serving <laughs> uh, breakfast tacos And the grill. The grill is like this too. So all the butter that we're using, it's just running off the grill. It's all over the floor. You can't walk on the floor at all. I think we need to like five hundred and some dollars to get a new wheel and a tire or something like that <coughs> it was exactly what we made that morning Damn. Uh, so we squeaked back out we live to another day um and then i remember this is probably my most fun day of work ever back when we were on the truck we so we started selling crawfish out of that little lake shore yeah we didn't spot. talk
0: about crawfish either because that's a yeah. big that's something big you guys are yeah it's going right now yeah. too
1: but um uh, we had our little first little crawfish trailer over there, and we had this little, little walk-in cooler that set out back, and uh, and we were moving a bunch of it. Like we had, I want to say we had like it was, it was some it was like twenty five hundred pounds crawfish that was in the cooler, and this is when they had that massive flooding. Uh, so we we're right there on Cross Lake, and you know, the lake overflows, like it floods all all around us, like. The little shopping center, like it flooded the whole front parking lot. There was a bayou behind us. So like, we're talking water, water up to the rim of the front door and the back door. And there's no way to get to us. Um, we couldn't get the food truck out. You can't drive out of there. So it's like, dude, we can't make any money. We're about to lose 2,500 pounds of crawfish. Maybe the check was lukewarm that we. Yeah. broke for it like, it was like <laughs> hey if we don't if we don't sell it we can't pay for it yeah. on monday um so we're freaking out now we were at my dad's house block away and then we put our waiters on we waited down there i said you know what we're here like let's open up anyway uh so we opened and we put a post up we said hey uh, we had some buddies down the street. They brought like their razors, like their little ATVs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're they're lifted up, so they're driving through the water from Ford Park, and then there's a little bridge over on the other side. So we open. We say, "Hey, if y'all want to come down here, we'll bring it to you by ATV, uh, or we'll bring it to you by boat." And. Do the entire freaking town showed up like that like on the bridge, man, it's just a long line, and then in in four park they still had some parking spaces over there Dude, they, we ended up they ended up putting us on the on the news for it, but from nine o'clock that morning until five o'clock we we moved all twenty five hundred pounds that crawfish, which was massive for us at the yeah. time. oh I just remember how fun that day was, man, we had. Like You could see the lines for the park, for the parking spots, but it was just covered in water. And people were boating. They were boating in, and they were parking their boat in the parking spots. And yep. So it's just a little giant boat, a little ski boat, like there's a, a, a <laughs> jet ski. They're all pulled into parking spaces in the parking lot. And uh, I don't know. I just remember how cool that was, man. It was one of the moments like, dude, that's could have been done right there. And here we are, but yeah. it's still going. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, all that just all that puts in perspective of what you have going on and like the journey of what it's taken to get here. You know what I mean? All That's, the all the all the bullshit, and you know, dude, and it's you, like
1: you want to know that God's real. What? Like, yeah, just what? Like, but like, what? Look at what's happening in in our business, man. We're not smart enough for this. Like, I think we work hard. I think by working hard, man, you're available for some opportunities, but. Did all the little breaks we get, and like right when we get all the way to zero, man, he always provides but whatever you know, it is we you need.
0: What you're doing, you're, you love on people, and you Close. put people before yourself, and that's what nobody does, man. That's the big, the big thing, and it's so cliche. This shit's so cliche to say. It, you know, when you say these things to people, like you can read a, a meme anywhere that says yeah. something positive or some affirmation or whatever. But you guys do so much and never say no. You know what I mean? Uh, it, even when you know that it's not going to make you money, even then you know, you know where it may not be the best decision or someone may talk shit.
1: Man, I I like I I came to grips with the fact that I was going to be broke the rest of my life yeah. a, a long time ago. And so like uh, everything we got going out, dude, it's all gravy. Look, I still smoke cigarettes and like so I need I need a pack of Paul Mall Blue 100s every day. <laughs> like I I need to be able to put gas in my truck. Look, yeah. I was I was able to buy my my wife a house, lit. she deserves it, man. She was stuck with me for a lot. And I bought a car, but like, what? What do you need after that? No, I agree. Like, I agree. And I'm more interested in seeing how big, how big this thing can be. Like, it's
0: well, you're in the position now where you're empowering others, I, right? I hope like, so, so like, like, well, I mean, you have like, so you have another business or few businesses opening down here where you're empowering people to run those businesses. You know what I mean? Like, a
1: lot of people gave us. A lot of help along the way, yeah. And we would be complete assholes if, like, we can't turn around and pass that on. Like, yeah, we, man, we've got some cool stuff. I, like, I'm, I'm really excited about being able to help musicians form a career and with this new stage. We haven't talked about that either,
0: which we got to talk about that. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a big deal for us. I'm, I'm super proud of Casey Shaw. So she was one of our bartenders. Um, I meant she just she had a little side hustle at the house and she was making cakes and treats and I think she'd gotten like up to like seventy five clients. And then we let her kind of work out a chef's table and um just I don't know, she needed a kitchen where and so we were just letting her use our catering kitchen. We didn't use it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um and now she's She's gotten so many clients from that that she's actually opening up under this podcast room. And, yeah. and she'll be open this next month. It'll be her first storefront.
0: Within six months. Yeah. Within six months. I no, mean, it's, it's, pretty just, cool. it, it's because of It's because of everything. You're, and you're also, what, putting her I'm, stuff on the menu,
1: like I'm, all that, just helping someone. You I'm, know? I'm jealous of her. <laughs> so my, my, my favorite part is the starting something part. Yeah, yeah. And like we're so busy, man. I could like I can't I can't go in there. And it's not my place. It's her business. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, man, well, if the, I could, so I'd put my hands it's all fun, over. it. It's fun, Man, yeah.
0: it's fun. Just like I mean, and I mean you have and you have such a good team of people. I mean, everybody like everybody deserves recognition down here. I feel like y'all are part of my family now. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to be in here. I love but it. I mean, fun. like this this what you have going on is amazing. Like, I don't think I was at the this before and just so everyone i so I'm transparent with everyone I was trying to make the decision where do I I'm I'm planning on I may be relocating soon but I'm not going to be far from here yeah. so I was make trying to make the decision on do I move my studio yeah well the biggest part of this podcast is I do have a lot of a, a larger guests from all over the area but I also have a lot of local people too you yeah. know and the thing is is like having a somewhere where I'm proud to bring them to Yep. You know what I mean, and I can say that here because you have something that's a destination now. It doesn't matter where like, we're at. Yeah, you know, it's just fly in here, drive here, get on the show, and you get to experience all this that that's you would not experience anywhere
1: else. Hey, you can bribe your you can bribe your guests with hey, they get they get to go axe throwing yeah, by you. Yeah. Like man, we'll throw them some food. Right. Like well, the, I just I like the creativity part of it and the food
0: thing like the food thing is something you don't get to experience that especially if you're not from here Yeah, everyone that's from here is like okay yeah yeah Cajun food that's all we got around but you really don't have any good stuff unless it's you guys and that's it Yeah, until you get South I-10 you know what I mean you don't so like to experience that and not be from this area is one thing that's huge too and you know Mm -hmm. and then entertainment aspect of what you guys are doing with you know, constantly having musicians in here, having guys like David Daniels in here, you know, helping you guys with all that. And Jackie, like you're bringing all these people together that know what, that they're, they're shining lights in their industries and they're they're trying to build, build brands and do things, but also able to help you. It's just a whole good collaboration thing.
1: So I, I remember when we were first starting down here in the East Bank, like, we didn't really know what this open container thing was going to be. Um, Pam Glorioso was the city planner. And I just remember i remember what she talked about when we popped in her office. You know, we knew we wanted to get down here because we just liked the location. But she was talking about synergy. And I don't know, like I'd heard the word, but I never really thought of like applicable ways that you make synergy happen. And i I think what's working right now is... Man, you you, you got to make it your backyard. Like I, th- I think if if you can make this whole thing feel comfortable and feel like it's your house, uh, but you can kick, kick shoes off and yeah. get, get made at home, and you're gonna see all your friends. Like that's the first piece to building some synergy. And and it, I'm I'm really excited about how much is coming now. So. Uh, we're we're close. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting close to a finish line for what we're going to do. We're going to finish growing out Chef's Table. We've built the venue. Now I need to. I want to find a way that we we help connect all the businesses that are around here to just expand on that synergy piece. Look, man, we've been everywhere on that food truck, and I want to tell you like like Bishop Arts District, yeah. Lafayette, Natchitoches, like they they all have that they got just a a sense of synergy and growth and why can't we have that yeah they don't
0: see they don't see each other as competition they see each other as opportunity yeah you just play off each other like here's my thing like you have you have people that one night depending on the layout you can go here and enjoy this thing maybe for a simple midweek dinner but then you want to go somewhere and and have a few drinks and live music. So you can go to this place on a Friday night. But then yep. where do you take your kids certain day, during the day, on the weekend? You know, yeah. so like, you have to have all that.
1: Yeah. Well, just I think for years, you've just seen people... Leave this area, when They they all jump and they go to Dallas. Yeah. Like,
0: well, I mean, I was about to do the same thing two, yeah. two three years ago. COVID hit and kind of put a plug. I mean, a stop to that for yeah. me because I was like, well, I got to shake back and focus on what's, what's making money. But I was about to do the same thing, you know. Yeah. I
1: really was. Well, it's just. I mean, we have our own culture. But like, it, you put this misnomer here, and you hear this all the time. Oh, there's nothing to do in shreveport Bozier Like, it, man, there is. If you get out and you try to go out and. And find it; it is here, and it's not just here in the East Bank. It's and it's it's all over Shreveport. It's all over Bossier. There's there's lots of really creative entrepreneurs in this town that uh, and musicians and uh, that that I think everybody's just kind of checked the box and they're like, oh, it doesn't exist, so they just quit going and looking for it. Yeah, and that's what's sad is there's a there's a lot of talent. All over this area that is staying here at home that wants it to be something, and, and the problem is we gotta go out. and We gotta support all that. I, I feel like we've been blessed. I feel like everybody just continues to support us. And I, like man, I'll take it all day long. But but you gotta you gotta you gotta support all the other places too. There's a bunch of music venues in town. There's 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 a ton of little local mom and pop businesses that were just like our little Lakeshore location. That you gotta go eat at those places. Yeah. Like, or they'll never become anything. Yep. Like, and I don't know. That's what it takes, I think, to grow a, a city that has culture. I'll tell you right now, there's there's a bunch happening in the East Bank area. So you got, you got Chasing Aces kind of coming next to Margaritaville.
0: Uh, that's a um, golf venue.
1: Yeah, I yes. really feel like you, you do that, and it starts bringing the boardwalk back to life, and it connects into kind of our little district here. Yeah. But, man, they're building this. Giant Hospital back here. Red River Bruins moving over here. Uh, we just opened the, the the New Mexican restaurant down the street. Um, you know, you've, you still have La Italiano and Flying Heart who have been here. Yeah, and they've they kind of started the. Yeah, they're fixtures. They're, they're fixtures here. Uh, and then you got a Brazilian steakhouse and sushi and taco bar coming, and and all of those things put together, man, it makes. Synergy so yeah. and and I and I know a lot of these people who who run those businesses and do those things. And I'm telling you like I know what it feels like to work my ass off to just make something just create something and every single one of those businesses that I mentioned all have their own group that that works just as hard i mean they they bust their ass to just put themselves out there for everybody to come check out yeah i just that's the one thing i don't like hearing i hate it when i hear people say man there's nothing to do with Shreveport, poor yeah
0: and that's something that's been a staple that's been a staple saying for like 10 years right you know the the thing is i mean i i like going other places too i love to travel um Mm -hmm. but we got to double down on what we got here you Mm -hmm. know at the same time you know to, to build it up to make anything out of it yep well man that's a lot
1: and, and I feel to like bro. people need to hear though. No, people <laughs> right. need to
0: hear this stuff, man. Because I mean, I, we haven't talked about. We've talked about some of it. But we haven't talked about all of it. Um, and over the over the years of knowing you, I mean, I didn't meet you until you guys got this location. I don't believe. I think that's when I first met you guys. Maybe we were down here. Yeah, yes. or maybe throughout events. Maybe I think maybe I can't remember. But it's been it's just been awesome
1: just to be fly on the wall, man. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. You got some walls. Here. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I think this is gonna be cool, man. And I uh like. I think that's my favorite. My favorite part of all of this is just the people that I get to meet. Yeah, and it, like you, I've, I've been watching your podcast for a while, man. You bring on some very interesting perspectives, and it, like I don't know, like when you were filming somewhere else, I don't get a chance to meet them. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> you beat all of them now. Yeah, man. I want to see them all. Man. Hell yeah, hell
0: yeah. Well, awesome. Well, look, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Any last words?
1: I do have one thing. So, okay, cool. So, you know, we joke when we say we're the kind of the East Bay Mafia family. Yeah, well, we do that, and there's people that have helped our business grow from the, the very beginning that are just regulars that just volunteer their time. Uh, we appreciate all of them, but there's one in particular, uh, one family in particular. Um, so Adam Perlin um uh, I, don't, I don't i don't know if they'll know this or not but t- two weeks ago uh well let me start here so mark pruitt adam adam perlin like if, if you frequent our business you know them they they wear their east My Fish shirt all the time and they've definitely earned it they've done a lot of things here for us well i had an accident on um uh, barksdale air force base it was but they, they all worked for the gas company and there was a gas line explosion and uh, our friend Adam Perlin uh, man he was severely injured uh, life threatening type stuff and um, I just uh, if if you are watching this and you got the ability to go donate blood we just ask that you do that he absolutely needs it uh, I'm sure there's a ton of other people that do it Adam was not the only one hurting that explosion but anywhere we get a chance to tell people, man, uh, donate blood. Yeah, um, We will have something coming up Memorial Day weekend. We're going to call it Mafia Fest. It's going to be a benefit for him as well. Uh, it'd be really cool if y'all come out on the 28th. We're going to put music out all day. Um, and it's free. But we, we're asking for $5 donations. And every bit of that will go to the and family. Uh, I don't know. They're just great, great people. They've... They've given us all their time. They, they're they here five nights a week, and uh, we're praying for that family. If you can't donate, please pray for them. Uh, we love them, and we, uh, we can't wait to see Adam get better and get back up here.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll close it out on that note, man. Cool. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for the first show of many, hopefully, I love in it. this building, man.